Hey, teachers, Aaron Patton here. Um, I just finished. I just said goodbye to Sarah, who is today's guest, and we just had such a great conversation. And we even sat after we stopped press and record. Then we still sat and chatted for probably about 30 or 45 minutes or so afterwards. Oh, I love her. I love Sarah Hull DeGroat. She is great. Or Ms. HD, as her students call her. Um, Sarah was wonderful. Sarah is in her second year of teaching, and you would truly never know it because... Man, I feel like this girl has learned so much already and she has figured a lot of things out and just even though she's on her, you know, the beginning journey of her career, I feel like she is just on such a great track and man, I said this like multiple times during the interview and I'll say it one more time because I mean it. I'm so glad she's teaching. I'm so glad she is a teacher because it is clearly her heart and her students just nothing but benefit from having her as their teacher. I mean, she's wonderful. So I know you guys are going to enjoy this episode. We talk a lot about loving our students and just how we love in general, loving in life and how that is just like, you know, operating out of a place of love is, you know, just such a good thing. It's, it kind of just makes everything better. And I really... I can't wait for you guys to get to hear everything Sarah says. I mean, she is just wise beyond her years. She's wonderful. She's great. And you guys are going to enjoy this episode with Sarah Hull DeGroat. Amplifying the voices of teachers. This is Relate and Educate. All right, hello, hello, and welcome to the Relate and Educate podcast. It's Aaron Patton here, and I am here not with Rick today. Unfortunately, he is sick, and so he's not able to be here. But I am here on this chilly, wo- chilly woman, I meant to say <laughs> chilly morning with a wonderful teacher that I met like a month or two ago, I think so, something yeah. like that. Sarah Hull DeGroat. Am I pronouncing everything correctly? Correct. <laughs> and is it hyphenated? Yeah, it is. Oh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. So Sarah, welcome to the Relate and Educate podcast. Oh. Yes. I'm so glad you're here. We met at um, our classroom management workshop that we did in Oklahoma City and Sarah came up and talked to me afterwards yes. and immediately I was like, oh, this feels like a good connection. We need to have you on this podcast. Yeah, so. I needed to talk to you. Well, good, good. All right. So Sarah, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell everyone how long you've been teaching and what you are teaching right now. Okay. So um, my name's Sarah. Yes. Obviously. <laughs> obviously. Um, I have been teaching. This is my second year teaching and I started with second grade in Edmond Public Schools, and now I'm teaching high school biology to ninth and 10th graders at Deer Creek High School. Wow. Okay. So you went from second grade, elementary, <laughs> like little elementary, yeah, not the old yeah, ones. The That's, that was my first job too, was second, second grade. grade. I love second grade. Uh, <laughs> and then so now you're teaching 
big kids. Tell me how that happened. Uh, so, well, that was a fun story because my first year in Edmond Public Schools was um, interesting, to, okay. say, to say the least. <laughs> and and uh, it just felt like I thought, well, I want to reach kids of a different dynamic, kids that are more, um, who need someone who yeah. really cares about them. Because mm-hmm. you know? the kids that I was with, I mean, they... I think they liked me, but I felt like they were already really well taken care of. Well, I felt that too. I worked at a private school and I felt like, do these kids even need me? Not like I'm just teaching, like just to be needed or whatever, but I did feel like they're going to be just fine without me. Yes, exactly that. Yes. (laughs) So it was like, they'll they'll be okay with any other teacher. So I wanted to explore other demographics of schools. So I started, I decided to substitute for a semester. Okay. Just to check it out. So I substituted at Deer Creek Public Schools, Oklahoma City Public Schools, and Yukon Public Schools. Mm -hmm. And I thought Deer Creek was definitely the place that I wanted okay. to be. Okay. I've heard great things about Deer Creek. Yeah, they've, uh, so I've heard good things. I've heard also not so good things. And I've, <laughs> I've seen it in the school systems too. Okay. So being as a sub, I subbed at the middle school, sometimes at the high school, not very often because high schoolers used to scare me. <laughs> and uh, at all the elementary schools that they have. And I applied uh, for several jobs in Deer Creek because I, I could see they have a strong focus on social emotional learning, mm-hmm. especially like in the elementary schools. And they're like, we can interrupt learning as long as we're actually like, you know, taking care of our kids. Because yes. what's important is connection. What's important is community. And I, I was like, oh, I'm in love with that. And like, <laughs> so they so, told you this, like th- this yeah, is like, what the important things are. So when we have like the Marzano like learning model, uh-huh. and so I can just, it's. Our oh man, what what is her title? She's my boss's boss. Okay. I'll say that. I think okay. she's not our superintendent, but I someone higher up in admin. When she was doing our onboarding process, uh-huh. what, what I noticed is that there was a lot of like get to know you activities. There were a lot of even with like the new teachers. We yeah. have a whole team of like new teachers, and she's like, you can be an experienced teacher, but as long as you're new to Deer Creek, you're gonna be part of this group. Yeah. And so she just wanted us to feel included. And she mm-hmm. said, you have several resources, so we got to know all our admins, and we would do lots of things, and then we would do That's professional good. development. And so they would model a lot of the times things that you can do in your own classrooms, and be like, hey, this is how you can use this in your classroom to create mm. communities within your like within your uh hours you know yes you have so i was like wow this is that's so so helpful yeah and it's really it's really great i I can see there's a little chaos um in the elementary schools because kids aren't used to that quite yet. yes they they have to learn all of the process yeah they they need more structure but then like you know with the high school it's like you can do things like that Mm -hmm. so with the elementary i can see why it's a little hectic yeah because then they think oh there's no like no rules and this isn't important but they're not they're not old enough to like understand yeah what what we're actually doing exactly so in the high school i see it run a lot better basically Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i mean the the community at the high school so far has been like i'm Mm. with a team of like five other teachers but i feel like i can go to anyone in the school and mm-hmm. any other teacher in the school the art teacher and i are good friends Aww. i saw him i was like you teach art i'm going over there <laughs> i like that <laughs> so, i just i mean i love the integration of science and art together yes so what made you get into science oh yeah I, I mean i've always been drawn to science i i like i love learning i do oh, I, I love, love learning and so i've always been drawn to science because it just like it amazes me mm-hmm. i when i took i remember in all kinds of sciences when mm-hmm. i was in high school i took ap psychology ap anatomy i wanted to learn everything i could and like ap biology mm-hmm. everything that i could to learn about you know how our bodies work how our minds yes. work and like you know how we're influenced by the rest of our world because that was fascinating to me yes. so 
in in like college I started studying forensic mm. sciences and that's something that I liked before too because I wanted to be a forensic technician. Really for a while. cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that's something I yeah and so uh, I just like love learning things though and so love to see it. a factual side because for me my personality type I like to dream big and I yes. get very um uh I kind of get lost in the clouds a little bit yes but, and then like the reality of like okay how do I do this yeah, yeah, yeah. that is me too I'm classic like air <laughs> you know I just <laughs> my head is all over the place so getting into science is like a really good grounding tool for me oh, I like but it's that. also like it's fascinating, you know, when you yeah. look into things like theories, like string theory and like, or one electron universe theory, it's like, wait, what? And this, the, the possibilities like, of the things going on around us, it's uh-huh. amazing. And you can draw so much from that, even like into like, you know, like a fantastical world yes. based on real things. Yes. So um, are you a big sci-fi fan? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you sounded so th- like it. Yeah. Things like that just are, it's really cool to see like what you can do realistically yes. and how far you can like run with that. It's amazing to me. So I That's wanted so cool. to teach science at the middle school. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That was your original question. No, I want to hear it all. Keep <laughs> okay. going. This is wonderful. Yeah. Well, I mean, so when I was subbing at the middle school, I fell in love with the seventh graders there and wow. I was like, Oh, I love the student body. Mm. And I started subbing there every single day Aww. to the point that like kids, when they see me in the hall, they'd be like, Miss HD. They know like, you. Yeah. They knew who I was. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, like I was like, yeah. And a lot of them were like, Oh, I wish you were our teacher. And I was like, oh, maybe. <laughs> so I applied to be an eighth grade science teacher because I knew that they would move up to the eighth grade. So I wanted to be an eighth grade science teacher. And then uh, with the eighth grade, they went with somebody else with more experience. And I was mm. like, oh, it's fine. Obviously. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. expected that to happen because I also applied to be like an art teacher and a okay. third grade math and science teacher. Just all schools in Deer Creek. Mm-hmm. But then the high school called me and I was like, uh, I'm <laughs> I'm not certified. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm only certified up to eighth grade. Yeah, yeah. I'm so, all, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not like certified to do that. Are you sure you want to interview me? And she was like, oh, yeah, no. It's uh, She was like, we got a really good review from you from the middle school. Like, we can emergency certify you or we can like get uh, you to take the OSAT, you know, whatever you need to do. So I was like, okay. So I came in for the interview the next day. And two hours later, they called me and they were like, do you want the job? And I was like, oh. Sarah, I was that's like, give me a minute to think yeah. about it. I was like, I don't know if I can. Yeah. She's like, well, we'll give you mostly like ninth grade students. It's cool. She's like, that's the same thing. They're just bigger bodied. And I was like, wow. I'm terrified. I'm terrified. Well, see, I went from third grade to fifth grade, which is a much less drastic <laughs> jump. But I it's felt like big. That, I know. And I felt like because I was teaching fifth grade science and I was like, I felt like I had to teach myself the content yep. like before I could <laughs> teach it to them because I didn't remember all of that. Yeah, and absolutely. so I can't imagine like that much. Oh, absolutely. I spent the whole summer reteaching myself all the things I learned in AP yeah. biology because I had taken biology classes in yeah. college, but I had never studied it. So yeah. I had to start teaching myself from these books because I wanted to prepare to take the OSAT. So, and wow. Hey, that OSAT, I mean, it's not that hard. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I mean, I did spend the whole t- summer, like, teaching myself. So I, like, broke it down. I was like, okay, I have this many days before my test. Yeah. So I have to study this content these days. I was really so. nervous about it. I was really nervous oh, taking yeah. that, too. But, yeah. Well, good. It was, yeah. 
So good. Okay. Here we are. So <laughs> do you love high school? Yes. How do you tell me about that? How I you... love the kids there. So I'm a very sarcastic person. That's wonderful. <laughs> high school and kids so, will love them. Oh yeah. The, <laughs> they do. They do. They eat it up. And that, the thing is too, with high school kids, they can communicate a lot better, but they're still, they still need someone to model how to manage emotion and even how to express emotions. I mean, the amount yes. of times I hear kids go, well, I don't cry. I'm a man. I'm like, well, actually real men actually cry. So, oh my goodness. Um, I just rolled my eyes real big just now everybody (laughs) no they'll say things like that and i'm like "Mm, sounds Mm -hmm. like you're not quite a man (laughs) yeah you know things like that you still got some growing to do but i hear things like that and i hear kids tell me you know like oh i've talked to my parents about how i feel this way and i'm like oh how did your parents react to that and they're like well they told me it's like it's a phase and that i'll get over it or i don't need to talk to someone and i'm like you do. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard the things that you think about. You need to talk yeah. to someone. Like, so I just, they're still at a phase where they need to like manage their emotions, mm-hmm. which is why recently I was thinking, well, science kind of naturally lends itself to things that are psychological that are going Mm -hmm. on, especially since I teach biology. And one of the first units we taught was homeostasis. Mm -hmm. And like, we hit that really hard with my kids because I wanted them to understand like what it means to find balance because that's like important to your entire life. Yeah. So, you know, we broke down the meaning of the words with homeo and stasis and I asked Mm -hmm. them, you know, like if these two words mean stable and this one means to stay the same, like, what do you think this word means? And then we looked at examples of like, people who were like if you drink too much water you know how you can get like um not water poisoning they have a fancy i know what you i've heard of that but yeah Yeah, you know so you can do that or if you drink too much salt water you start Mm -hmm. throwing up and they're like why and they're like well because you can't have too much salt and i'm like but why you know or if you Mm. get too hot what happens they're like well you can pass out okay and then i showed them a video of someone passing out and they have to like they have to investigate why someone could pass Mm. out from heat and they realize oh well you're sweating i'm like well why would your body keep sweating knowing that it's dehydrating yourself if you Mm -hmm. need water to live and they're just like and you know, well, yeah. I guess we need a certain amount of water. Like, but what if you get too much water? So we go through all these examples. So I oh asked them, You're so good. what is happening to our bodies? Like, why do our bodies do these things? And they were like, so they come up with on their own, they do our little turn and talk and they come yeah. up with on their own. They say that our bodies need to stay in a certain way with a certain amount of things or else something bad can happen. Our bodies are no longer safe. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. <laughs> You just did it. Yes. That's homeostasis. Ah. Finding the balance. Like if you get too much, too little. And so, um, that Uh. was really cool. So they know it really well. And I was thinking about designing like a unit called like maintaining homeostasis and managing emotions because I told them that like your emotions, yeah. Cause like your emotions affect your homeostasis, they affect your body. And when your body is busy trying to manage your emotions for you on that physical level, then Mm -hmm. you can't put all the energy into maintaining the homeostasis. That's like, but why you get whenever you're so stressed out and you have those high cortisol levels why would you after a long day of being stressed you like are so tired yeah because your body even while you're sleeping or at rest you're spending 30 percent of your energy maintaining homeostasis so all that extra effort going into maintaining homeostasis because you're not managing those emotions is really hard on your body and i was explaining this to my kids and he was like wait really and i was like yeah (laughs) like it is crazy the amount of effects because like i can tell that he's been going through something recently because he's usually like a really great kid mm-hmm. always early to class you know always diligent doing work but recently he's been like you know he comes in late mm-hmm. doesn't really say hello anymore he's just he hasn't been and i asked him i was like you good did i do anything he's like oh no i'm just like there's mm-hmm. things outside of school you know so i'm like okay if you ever need 
anything talk to me oh, good. because and i tell him i was like yeah it's like stress can affect your body make you shut down it's <laughs> like so when people get stressed out and they go to sleep <laughs> or they take depression naps and things like that and he was like wait really Yes. yes. The awareness yes. that you are providing for these children over about their bodies, about the circumstances. I mean, what a gift. Yeah. And well, I want them to be aware, you know, like, yes. Hey, emotions are important. Yes. We need not, to feel them. not something to like deny and to yes. not experience. We are humans. <laughs> we have emotions. We have emotions and there's nothing wrong with that. Yes. So I, that's something I really want to emphasize. And I'm like, it is okay to cry. It is okay to be angry. It's okay to be jealous. It's okay to feel these things. Yeah. But what you do with that emotion is terribly important and we don't even realize like what we're doing to our bodies so i want to mm. combine like the social emotional part along with like the biological pieces to show them like you know like hey why are we learning to manage our emotions in a biology mm -hmm. class because it's really important not only to this class but to the rest of your life too that is so good and practical and applicable and just oh <laughs> i love it i bet they oh. like your class a lot my, I, I, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I can like tell. to say that they do, but yesterday, um, I was writing them little notes during class <laughs> to like, just to like the students yes. I don't usually reach out to. And, um, a few of my kids told me when, cause I was like, I go and sit at their table sometimes if mm -hmm. I can. So I was sitting at their table and one kid goes, Miss HD, did you know that every student that I have or every student that I know that has you says that you're their favorite teacher? And I was like, shut up. You're lying. <laughs> I don't believe you. You're just kissing up. And he goes, no. no, really? And then the student next to him was like, no, every, like every kid I know that has you says you're their favorite teacher. And I was like, oh, I don't know God. how to respond to positive feedback. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> you need to listen to your own lessons and stuff too. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. And I totally believe it. And I mean, you know, be humble and all that kind of stuff, but also recognize that <laughs> you are impacting their lives and they are like, this is a class, like any, unlike anything they've ever had before. Yeah, I like that they can feel safe in the classroom. Yes. That, like, that's really important. That is me, wonderful. So. Well, that kind of leads me into my next question of what is your why? Why teaching you've, I mean, I feel like you've already poured your heart out and we've gotten to see your heart, but I just kind of want to hear your, you know, your description of why you chose teaching. I think, uh, so I've always wanted to help people. Yeah. I've always wanted to help people. I used to want to be a veterinarian mm -hmm. and then I wanted to be a nurse and then I wanted to be a counselor. Oh, wow. So it's you in know, you. Like, yeah. So I've always, I wanted to be things, people, yeah. someone that helped other people. And I was always the counselor friend, you know? <laughs> like, uh, yes. Um, so people would always go to me with things. And I think it comes from a place of being, um, just feeling like I didn't get a lot of help as mm -hmm. a kid and it's like my family tries to be supportive and they try to be there but a lot of the times I mean people even adults don't mm -hmm. know how to manage emotions exactly properly right. and even adults like they don't realize like the impact that they have on kids mm -hmm. you know and it's how they were raised and the experiences mm -hmm. they had that led them to be the adults that they are so yeah there is and we are so much more aware right now yes in yeah. history like we're than allowed we to ever talk have. about mental health and yes it's crazy. <laughs> like, yes not labeled as hysteric it's wonderful exactly <laughs> oh my gosh so um, cause I have four parents and okay. so I was back and forth between mm -hmm. those two homes a lot and I've got eight siblings. Mm -hmm. So wow. it was a big family and I felt like there wasn't, you know, there were things that happened in my childhood that like my parents didn't know about. And that was, you know, something cause I kept it from them Yeah. But because there was so much else going on in mm -hmm. our lives that I was like, Oh, I don't want to like, mm -hmm. I don't want to split our family up. I don't want to mm -hmm. like bring up these things. I don't want to like put any more pressure on my parents cause they're obviously going through a lot. Yeah. So I like 
kept things inside for a long time. And I think because I understood Mm -hmm. what someone could go through, I wanted to help other people. So Mm -hmm. my senior year of high school, I took this class where, um, I can't remember what it stands for, but it was called ACE. And it was like something with children is it the adverse childhood experience it it's not the aces score it was like um i i can't remember quite what it was but i had to work with kids every every friday for an hour or so so like uh i did one of those ours was called exceptional child i think yeah something like that i can't remember but um when i was the first day in the classroom i was like oh wow (laughs) i want to do this for the rest Ah, of my life (laughs) so i mean i like i had wanted to be an air medical evacuator at that point wow and when i went into that classroom i was like never mind <laughs> i, I want to be a it. teacher <laughs> oh, and it. so i mean i loved it like that hour on that friday was like we did it every friday so that hour i spent was like that was my favorite thing to do that was what uh... i looked forward to and i remember at the end of my senior year thinking even if i had a bad day it wasn't a bad day when i was in that classroom and so oh. like i just knew from then on yes. that that's what i wanted to do so when i started at uco i um i immediately enrolled into the teacher program okay and the like because i started as a sophomore with all the ap classes uh-huh. and stuff so i immediately got into the professional teacher program she nice. was like are you sure you want to take the year and i was like no i know <laughs> i already know put me in the classroom i'm oh. gonna go back so yeah that was i, I, I have it. just always known because working with those kids one i'm fascinated with learning mm-hmm. and i feel like sometimes we teach doesn't reflect actual learning Mm. you know it's more like memorization and and, you know stresses kids out and i feel like Mm -hmm. it shouldn't be that you know we should be teaching kids like to fall in love with learning exactly curiosity yes Yes. curiosity and i love science because it is nothing but curiosity and action yes so like that's uh, and i want my kids to realize i'm like you guys are all scientists i had a student recently asked me (laughs) if i was a scientist and i said yes 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 i was like well i mean that's all it is exactly asking a question and then researching yeah doing something about it and he was like yeah but are you a scientist and i was like i just told you yes i mean i'm a science teacher i you know i don't wear a lab coat unless we're doing cool experiments and stuff yeah but yeah but i mean i mean really you are a scientist you can just conduct an investigation without like having all those fancy things i mean we get to that level sure with different kinds of sciences but at the very um, you know, have you seen the movie Lorenzo's Oil? I haven't. Oh, okay. It's Tell so me. good. Tell it, me what it's about so good. It. It's about it's about a family who realizes that their son has ALD, which okay. is adrenal leukodystrophy. Okay. And they realized it before that there was a cure or a treatment or anything. And so they were told that their son was going to die by the time he was 10 years old. Oh, man. And very slowly, his brain, he generates too many uh, fatty acids. We were mm-hmm. doing our macromolecule unit. Nice. So he generates too many uh, fatty acids. And because of that, it strips the myelin sheaths in his brain, okay. and the neurons in his brain. And so they were trying to find different ways to treat the basically to Mm -hmm. reduce the fatty acids in his body and they go through this whole thing well his father and his mother like they go to different libraries and they research and they bring the books home and they're doing their own graphs and charts and like they're working with doctors but the doctors are also they're doing the same thing yeah they're researching they're testing they're experimenting and they're doing the same thing and so the father actually figures it out 
Like he actually okay. comes up with a combination of two things and he's not a chemist, right? So mm-hmm. like the chemist has to do it for him where he has to go through and take this like urusic acid yes. and find it in a triglyceride form. That's like edible. But wow. I, yeah. He did the research and found it. That he found the solution to happen. And or because of that, like, um, like the movie gets me at the end every time because, uh, because you see at the end, all these boys that say like, I'm 14 years old and I've been on like Lorenzo's oil. It's called uh, their son's name is Lorenzo. I've been on Lorenzo's oil for however many years and that movie is so good because you see all these boys who should not be alive right now if it weren't for this father and this mother who put the effort and the father was actually given like a medical he was giving an honorary like medical degree because of the amount of like research that he put into it and so i'm like that was just a dad who wanted to save his child and like the amount of research that he did for that i'm like he's a scientist exactly but is he like a scientist like no maybe that's not his profession but like that's what he did yeah and it's that's all that science really is yes you know so science is attainable like it is yes, attainable yes. for it's, it's, it, we shouldn't distance it as yeah. something that's yeah. like oh you have to go through eight years of school to yes. figure this out it's like no just i mean just be curious start. about something start somewhere you yeah. have to start somewhere because like that's what the doctors do yeah sure they know a lot of other things but like you can learn as you go mm-hmm. like that's there's nothing wrong with that because all you're doing when you're doing science experiments you're just learning to fail and that's yes. like a wonderful thing you know yes. because when you fail you realize okay that's not the solution so what can be and you keep going until you find one that's all science is yeah and we we portray it as something that's so unattainable I know. But it's really not like it, it's really not that unattainable it's something that we can do yeah do you feel like your kids are how are they getting the message of like failing is okay and it's part of the process and failing you do learn stuff I that is in all of my years of teaching I mean that was one of my biggest things but I'm just gonna tell you it is hard. It is, it is hard difficult. for kids to see that. It's very it's difficult, hard. and especially when they go into their next class, and the, yeah. it's not the same thing at all. It it's not, not as safe to, like, fail and yeah, all it, that. It, yeah, no, it's the different expectation. Mm-hmm. You know, my kids, they get really stressed out because they want the right answer, and I try to get into their heads. Because when, yes. we, when we were talking about homeostasis, you know, a lot of them, when I'd be like, well, what are you thinking about what this word means? And a, one student, he, like, looked up homeostasis and wrote the definition, you know, and I asked him, I was like, but what is that mean yeah and he's like well it's homeostasis i'm like but what does it mean i don't care if you know a vocab yeah. word that does not impress me <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't impress me i need you to understand what's actually happening yeah. here and so i go i went up and dressed addressed the class and i was like i do not care if you give me a right or wrong answer i want to see that your neurons are firing that you're actually <laughs> thinking i don't care if you throw a vocab word at me that means nothing and they were like oh <laughs> like, that's that's weird so we Never do that had a lot a teacher like that before. yeah so we do a lot of turn and talks and I'm like, I'm not looking for a right answer. Mm. I'm looking to see that your brain is working. Like, and I tell them that a lot. I'm like, are your neurons firing right now? Like, uh, like that's not, I'm not looking for rote memorization. Yes. I, don't, I do not care. Like, yes. So, and we do that because like with our tests too, I try to make it the same thing where I just want to, I tell them, I'm like, what is the purpose of a test Mm -hmm. and some kids give me to stress you out (laughs) you know some kids give me that but I'm like no it's not and so I tell them the purpose of an exam is to see what you have learned and what you still have yet to learn yeah basically and I was like why do you think we put so much emphasis on it and they're and you know the whole you know it stresses us out I don't know and like it's to make sure you take it seriously yeah so that way we actually know accurately like what you know what you don't know and I was like but it does stress kids out to the point of like let's look up answers or let's try to cheat and that's mm-hmm. not the purpose that defeats the entire purpose of an exam but there's so much like 
pressure put onto it, it now that it changes the way we think about it. Mm-hmm. So instead of looking for, oh, do I actually know the material? It's can I pass this test? Mm. You know, and that bothers me. It a does. Lot. <laughs> so, me too. Yeah. So I try to do this where when we take our tests, I always allow for test corrections. Test Love corrections, it. though, they have to be. I tell them you have to tell me why the right answer is the right answer mm-hmm. and you have to tell me where you found that information mm-hmm. so it's a lot of work for them and they hate it because they only get half points back and like, can we get full points back? and it's no. so much more work <laughs> i know right you have to actually learn mm. but i'll see the thing is too though as i help them with those things that's good so if i go around and they cannot find something i'll explain a concept to well, them because the most important thing is not that they can like locate an answer yes. in a book it's that they learn it yes that they know exactly it. and i'm like you do need to understand this concept and i remember sitting down with one girl because she just like did not understand she was getting really stressed out because she could not understand mm. but um finally i like sit down with her and I, we were talking about enzymes uh-huh which is so fun because you know with the ph levels and all that so we did an experiment and if the enzymes were deactivated then the jello would form and so in their mind they're like wait because they're thinking oh if everything's working then the jello forms right and i'm like no mm. it'll only form if the enzymes aren't working whole big thing yeah <laughs> well so i'm trying to explain this to her you know and i break it down into the simplest terms that i can uh-huh. you know and i and then i build it up a little bit and then we start using her vocab and then she's like oh and she like and she, she gets it and she's like oh then the jello won't form because the enzymes are breaking down the proteins and i'm like yeah <laughs> and then she's i'm so smart and i'm like you are oh you baby are. yes <laughs> so i was like good job like you figured it out you know oh. and so then she's like i can hear her the next day like explaining it to her friends it's beautiful like, that's what i want in a kid you know that's what i want in the classroom like i do not care if you know the answer or not i care that like you're thinking you know you're trying to you're trying to learn you're trying to understand that's more important than like can you give me a right answer i am so glad you are teaching (laughs) i am so glad you're teaching i'm so glad those kids have you i mean like you are Oh, you can tell. I mean, no one is listening to this podcast right now who is not like, oh, she loves what she does and she's pouring everything into it. That's just so great. So that kind of is a segue into when I, when we first met at the workshop Mm -hmm. and you came and talked to me afterwards and we were kind of talking about finding our identity, finding our, you know, who we are as teachers. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of want to explore that. Do you okay. mind doing that? Sure. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, don't mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> because I don't know, it was, I know for me, I had, I always wanted to be a teacher. And so there mm-hmm. were so many teachers that I admired. And, um, in fact, one of them, we've talked about is my aunt Nancy we did Mm -hmm. um she recently died but she was on the podcast and so we got she's a teacher and she's like my teacher hero and so we got to have her on the podcast and then unfortunately she died soon afterwards but we released it afterwards and it was so sweet there were all of the Mm -hmm. I got in touch with some of her former students and they left tributes and so we had that on the podcast episode I mean it was it was a heartbreak. It's still sad for me. I still miss my Nancy, of course, so much. But it was oh, it was just so sweet. It was yeah, such to a wonderful see how many thing. People yeah. She had, like, yeah. So anyway, she has always been a teacher hero to me, and she is a phenomenal. I mean, just one of those teachers who, like, at her funeral, there are a million kids there that were like, yeah. oh yeah, she changed my life. She, you know, generations from like forty That's years so old sweet. to like ten years old. So anyway, she's wonderful, and I. I noticed that I would try so hard to be like her Mm -hmm. 
and do the things that like made her so special, you know, and I'd be like, well, that's what a good teacher does. That's what it does. Yeah. And, and then there would be awesome teachers at my school that I would be trying to emulate. And it just, it didn't click. It didn't yeah. go I like that. I was supposed to. Well, tell me about it. What do you, well, have you experienced? Um, I cannot remember her first name from the conference. Yes. Katie. Was it Kate? Yeah, her last name is something with children. It's Kinder. 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 Yes, Katie Kinder. Kinder. <laughs> I already seen your last name. I was like, oh, well, that's perfect. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So Miss Kinder, when she starts, you know, she goes, "Hope is a thing with feathers and throws yes. the feathers." And I'm like, oh, absolutely. Everything I wanted to be as a teacher yes. was Miss Kinder. <laughs> so, she is like dynamic. She's who movies are made about yeah. people like her. Like <laughs> she is phenomenal. I wanted to be her as a teacher. I yeah. mean, that's what I, and so with, especially with the littles, you know, with the second graders, that's like, I wanted to be the dramatic person, the person yes. who got in with the kids and did all the dances and all, uh. you know, does the things to engage them, but it's just not, my personality is pretty reserved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. it's not, and, um, it just was not for me, but I wanted to. I wanted to be that person so bad, but it felt like I was forcing it. Yes. It felt like I was forcing it a lot. And I would spend a lot of time trying to think about like how I could just to get there and then bail on myself because I couldn't, uh, I couldn't commit, couldn't do it. So, Cause it was phony. It yeah. wasn't like yeah, it's just not real. It's just not me. Yeah. yeah. So being at the high school is a lot easier because mm-hmm. you know, my kids now it's like, they don't expect me to be as animated. Oh, <laughs> that's interesting. So it, it's very nice because then, well, when I do open up to them a little bit, I will. Like the other day, I was like dancing a little bit. I, like, I love this song. <laughs> and they're like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm feeling it, y'all. I'm just like, you guys know, because it's the Come and Get Your Love song. Uh-huh. Oh, Come I'm, and Get Your Love, Come and Get Your Love, Come and Get Your Love now. now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look at that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I love that song. I was like, not tap dancing, but attempting to. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I love that song. And it's an indigenous band, of course. Okay, so I'm yes. like, they know. They know what's up. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, my kids just look at me. They're like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> they love it. Yeah, they love it because, like, they don't expect it, you know. Mm-hmm. But with, like, littles, it feels like if you don't have, like, the big motions, yeah. you don't have the things to gap, like, to capture their attention, you lose them so fast. Yeah. It so. is harder. And, and you just have to... You know, they have like a five minute, if even that, attention span that you're just like, (laughs) over here, over here, over here. (laughs) Oh, my first year was chaos, pure chaos. And like, I love my mentor teacher. Uh She's a good teacher. She just, um, let's see. She was like, oh yeah, when you're ready, just go ahead and do it. And me being me, I was like, I'm never ready. So I'll just watch you. Yeah. You know, never push me out into it until it was time for me to take over the classroom. (laughs) And then... I say that because yeah. she was moved up to fifth grade because that's where she used to teach. Okay. And so she was like, I think you're ready. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm ready too. But also like, <laughs> I'm freaking out here, you know? All right, cool. So, you know, she went into fifth grade and I took over the second grade classroom and uh-huh. it was, it was chaotic. Uh, we got, we did better by my second week, but yes. you know, my second week, it was the best week we had had. I watched another teacher and she is a lot more strict. Uh, a lot more, you know, because, like, my teacher is mm-hmm. a lot more like, oh, you can kind of, you know, just mm-hmm. entertain yourself. But I think it's because she worked with fifth graders mainly. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, you know, it's a different ball game. fifth graders are a little mm-hmm. bit more manageable on their own. So it was mm-hmm. like when I tried that, you know, it was 
So watching another teacher who was a lot more strict, I was like, oh, you know, she does that. that you know, like snap twice if you're listening. Uh huh. I do that to my high school kids sometimes. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like, like, and it works. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I yes. have to like repeat myself sometimes, yeah. but I'm like, because they're not used to it. But little checks for engagement. Yes. That's always really. Or sometimes yes. I'll be like, when you're ready, put your hand in your head, and they're like. This is teacher making us do. Like, <laughs> I love I it. I know. Like, but it's just like silly. childish and silly enough yeah. that they're like, okay, yeah, and right, they I'm do it. <laughs> you know, once they get over the cool factor. Yeah, some of them are a little too cool for uh, me. I get it. But no. like, I think as the year goes on, they're like, <laughs> fine. I'll put my hand on my head. Yes. Or sometimes I'll just wait. And I'll look at them. I'm like, you have to do it. Or I'll be like, make eye contact <laughs> with me. We're gonna make awkward eye contact. Oh <laughs> like, no, the worst. I need all of your lovely eyes. <laughs> and then I have a few students, and I'll just stare, and people around them be like, "Hey, she's." <laughs> well, see, here's what I'm noticing about you, though, is that you once you do start feeling a little more comfortable in yourself and like who you are and recognizing, you know what you kind of bring to the table, then you are that magnetic, <laughs> incredible teacher that like kids that you are, I mean, they're telling you like every <laughs> kid like, loves oh. your classroom. I mean, they, so when you start to like feel at home and like, okay, this is my thing. This is who I am. I'm going to bring mm -hmm. my personality in my classroom. Then that's, that's magical. <laughs> yeah. My personality really is all over my classroom I too. Because like in what ways? Well, I have students come in and they're like, what class is this? And I'm like, it's biology. And I'm mm. like, this doesn't look like a biology <laughs> classroom. Because I'll have, I mean, I have, I'm a really big uh, fan of like multicultural yes. things. So I have a lot of multicultural literacy, like books okay. in my room, on my shelves. And then I have another shelf of like biology books mm -hmm. and like, you know, like studying for AP, all that good stuff. But then I also have posters over, like all over the classroom. I have people who are like, I have quotes from like Christian people. I have quotes from like Taoist people. I have wow. quotes from like, Buddhism. And then I also have like pictures of like African-American leaders mm -hmm. and, um, indigenous leaders mm. and stuff. So it's just like, it's very, um, almost like, um, history class kind yeah. of vibe to it so kids are always like oh this is or like some kids think it's an english class I'm like no but it's, it's all so interconnected and it's <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like important to embrace our differences and i want kids to feel like they like you know they're represented in my classroom yeah. oh that is know. beautiful so oh, yeah it's that. like a lot of that i have like one cell poster and i have a 3d dna model that's my favorite thing. ah cool it can be deconstructed and reconstructed <gasps> and it's accurate and labeled it's my favorite ah, thing a perfect so i'm just thing. like you guys because you know structure and function is so important to yes. the basis of biology but yeah. <laughs> I taught structure and fun function. My last couple of years, I taught STEM to oh, yeah. pre-K through fifth grade. And so with my kindergartners, like that was a huge thing the whole year is yeah. talking structure and function. Yeah. It's really important. Cause like when, you know, with our enzymes and proteins and stuff, I'm mm -hmm. telling them, you know, you change the shape and it's not going to work anymore. Yes. Like, oh, that's weird. And I'm like, like if you change the shape of your hand, could you still grab things the same way? And they're like, no, I'm like yeah, it changes the whole dynamic there, babe. Wow. <laughs> it changes the whole thing. It's a different ball game. So wow. if you change the shape of an enzyme, it's not gonna work. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah, that's hard for them. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I did some stalking on your social media a little bit. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, but I just did. Okay. No, it's okay. <laughs> and I noticed a common theme oh, yeah. is love. Oh yeah. You post <laughs> about love. love. I love love. <laughs> you in your bio, you say something about yeah. how you love, like, tell me about that. Why is that so important? And, and I want to hear how that is brought out in your classroom too. Cause oh, I know it man. is. Okay. <laughs> love is, um, 
one of my favorite things. Mm, <laughs> and so, I'm with you. Uh, so yeah, I think in my bio it says, um, live simply, speak kindly, and love unconditionally. Oh, uh, yes. And like, I, I remember seeing that like on a church billboard once and for me growing up in church that was not what church was so when i saw that i was like i love that yeah (laughs) that's amazing i feel like that's how we should all go about things and i just i've kept it ever since then i think Mm. love there's lots of different kinds of it in the world and Mm -hmm. we know that love is an energy and um i researched it from like lots of different religious perspectives in different countries because i was curious like you know i've grown up with this idea of love in my own you know perspective Mm -hmm. of what it is Mm -hmm. and so i wanted to see what other people thought of it as and um taoism was always really something that i loved because with them love can be unconditional and inexhaustible it's a source of energy that comes not from within us but around us in the world around Mm, us okay and so i love that perspective because Mm. then you're not um you don't have to empty yourself to fill up somebody else Mm. you can draw on this inexhaustible source of energy all around you you just have to like tap into it a little bit Mm. so i used to meditate like a lot i need to get back into it but same (laughs) and i know it works i it's i've proven to myself that it works why is it so hard it's fantastic and like you know i find times you know to breathe Mm -hmm, at least mm -hmm. but like i used to meditate an hour every day and just to be like aware of things Uh, around me and i bet that felt so good oh yeah i bet every day was like (sighs) yeah it was a fantastic fantastic thing for me for sure and so i try to and that like i have like the app and it tells me it says get some headspace every day oh yes okay Uh, okay. (laughs) i'll make time for it (laughs) but um so like love is this like this energy that is all around us and it's kind of like for me i equate it to the stuff that makes up life you know Uh because we know that life force is like an energy we know Uh that energy cannot be created nor destroyed Mm -hmm. only transferred or transformed and so i think of love as the same thing it's an energy for sure and so we can take it and we can form like bonds and share that kind of energy with somebody Mm. but even if like you know that person is no longer here the energy is still is and maybe it transforms and maybe turns into something else like our bodies do but it doesn't Mm -hmm. ever really die yeah it can't it's an energy exactly so uh so it's this this source that you can draw on so instead of emptying yourself to fill up somebody else you are filled through the Mm. energy around you and you can fill up other people in that same way without expending yourself Mm. because that's super important because like a lot of times people lose themselves trying to fill up somebody else's oh i felt yeah (laughs) you know and they try and it's like it's out of a good place you want to help other people you want to bring them up but then you it's depleting yourself you destroy yourself in the process so Mm -hmm. when you start realizing you know i can i don't have to take from myself you know Mm. I can still I can basically funnel it through me and put it into somebody else and so that way you're still filling up yourself at the same time you're not expending who you are that's beautiful so I I think that's how you love unconditionally because you can't if you're giving yourself you can't really love them unconditionally because and that's exactly what we've talked about like (laughs) on here as teachers i mean Mm -hmm. we do it is a common thing for teachers to give and give and give and give and Mm -hmm. give until they have given every bit of themselves yes yeah and you can't and there's Anytime you give a lot of yourself to somebody else, there is a certain amount of resentment that comes with that. There's a bitterness that builds up because you're not taking care of Mm -hmm. yourself. So I feel like you cannot truly love someone unconditionally unless you are drawing on a love that is more powerful than you are, that is bigger Mm. than you are. So like that's, you know, that's just like how I try to view that. And I do 
my best to love people unconditionally. And sometimes it's really hard, especially mm-hmm. if you love people in other ways. And I what find do you mean, this, especially if you love people in other ways? Like, so I find this uh, really interesting because if I love someone romantically, mm-hmm. it is really hard for me to love them unconditionally. Oh, interesting. Because then there's like a selfish pull to it. I want this person. I want to be with them. I, yeah. I, I want this life for us. And if that oh, person chooses another thing or if that person decides they want to live a little bit differently, then it's like there's that selfish factor where I feel jealous or yeah. feel entitled to it. And so then I get upset, you know, and I, you know, you need to focus on your own emotions. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like do what's good for you. But at the same time, like I can mm, let my anger take over. Mm-hmm. Right. And I can so let that bitterness take away the love that I did feel for that person. Mm. And it's like, I experienced that really recently with a person that I've been talking to. And it was very interesting because when I got to see him again, I remembered, I was like, oh, right. I love this person and I love them so Mm. much. And if he needs space and he needs to be away from me, that is taking care of himself. And I can Mm. take care of myself too and back away from that, but I don't have to stop loving him. Mm. But I needed to love him unconditionally rather than romantically because with that romantic love became possessive almost you know it's like okay. I wanted that person so badly that like I was hurting myself and hurting him yeah so then I stepped back and I was like I'm gonna love you unconditionally and understand that like you're your own person <laughs> you have That's... your own life you have your own wow. needs and I need to take a step back and also love myself so dang it's been good since then <laughs> I feel like I'm learning so many things. I'm going to have to go back and listen to this episode and like meditate on this, what you're talking about, truly. So how do you, how does that look in your classroom? Do you feel like you are able to have that love that is unconditional love, but also with like boundaries in order to protect yourself? Yeah. Are you able to do that? Yeah. I, wow. Especially a lot better than I have in like my first year. My first year I learned okay. a lot because we had talked about you know, I used to get there. My contract time was at 740. I'd uh-huh. get there at seven and I would leave at like six in the afternoon. Oh gosh. And then I would go to my other job. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, Sarah. Like yes. it was, um, it was chaos. Cause I told myself, well, if I leave now, I won't get this done later and I won't mm-hmm. work on it later. And so I was putting everything. The janitor were really great friends. Oh yeah. Shout I know that. Shane. Yeah. I love him. <laughs> I love Shane Blevins. Oh, <laughs> like, I love it. It was very sweet, very encouraging. Oh. So, um, but it was crazy. So my first year, like in Deer Creek, you know, mm-hmm. this is my, still in my first, like not my first year teaching, but this is my first year in Deer Creek Yes, at yes. a different school in the high school. Mm-hmm. And so my, I started out with this, well, I was still working three other jobs at the time. Oh and my instead of working at 9 PM, I was scheduled to work at like 5 PM. So <laughs> I had to leave pretty much right after school or I'd be late to work. Yeah. So I could not, I could not put that energy you know, outside of school into so, but for me, it ended up creating a healthy balance because during my plan time, instead of like meeting and talking to other teachers and like complaining mm-hmm. about our lives, because that was really popular yes. in the last school, uh, I actually was like, okay, well, what are we going to do for the rest of the day? And then like, what are we going to do for, how is this going to segue into tomorrow? And it helped a lot. It was miraculous because I had other teachers who already had, like, we had a basis of like, what are we going to Good. be doing in this unit? Uh-huh. So I wasn't having to reinvent the wheel which is something I tried to do when I first year I was like oh but what mm-hmm. if we do this fun idea what if we change everything mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um me realizing like it's good to change things it's good to re-look over things and add yourself to them but like 
don't you know you don't don't need to do like, everything on your own you don't exactly. have to um people revolutionize have, yeah people have done this work if we would you know <laughs> we can copy we can yeah. do that you can draw on it and you can make it so much better. yes yeah yeah put your spin on it yeah you can do something like you can add on to it but there's no need to like there's no need to just no. throw everything out the window and be like let me just do it all on my own like that takes so much energy yeah. like maybe your second year <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, like third maybe, fourth fifth maybe you're like you're like if you're teaching the same thing and you're mm. like okay well i love i already kind of have an idea of what we're gonna do mm-hmm. all that good stuff like that would be a good idea but don't uh, do having that. a good curriculum because i feel like my first like 10 years truly of teaching, I was doing that. I was like, well, I could do this better. I could do this better. And so I was, you know, killing myself with staying, like you said, so late, getting there Mm -hmm. so early, just, you know, trying to do that. But then once I like was a part of choosing curriculum for my fifth grade science and social studies class, and I was like, oh, this is perfect. And then it freed my life up like I can't even explain because I wasn't having to reinvent the wheel. I had awesome curriculum. Have you ever heard of Project Lead the Way, by the way? No. It's a really cool STEM curriculum that I did for STEM. It's so good. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway, anyway. Well, I'm so glad that you are able to have the viewpoint that you do of your students of loving them unconditionally, which also means loving yourself and valuing and valuing yourself and viewing yourself as worthy. Yeah. It's so important to make sure you don't lose who you are, Yeah, you know, and like boundaries are healthy in any relationship, any relationship at all. So with my students, you know, obviously I have my boundaries with Mm -hmm. them. You know, it's like, you can contact me if you need me Mm -hmm. at any time, but like, if you're just trying to chat, (laughs) not (laughs) no. (laughs) And see, I would do, I can now say this dumb, things Mm -hmm. like just because I didn't know like I thought showing my unconditional love for my students was like answering their parents at nine o'clock at night if they had a question I thought unconditional (laughs) love was getting there so early and and if a kid got there early like oh of course yes come into my classroom and just hang out and and then can't work you know like I thought that was what unconditional love was but it was not it was yourself it was not prioritized it's just not just not setting boundaries for yourself exactly that so yeah that's that's a hard one too especially because like you want to be there for your kids and you want to get to know them and then being at the high school the hardest thing about it is that i have 155 kids and i used to have 27 so it's like a little bit of a jump (laughs) i i want to get to know all of them and i want to be able to like know who they are and like know about their families and stuff but i cannot take the time to do Mm -hmm. that and like as the year goes on you find time of course but my first few weeks i was like sad i was like i won't get to know these students because we're always so busy like doing things i never get the chance to actually like you know be with them but like as the year goes on we've we have found time it's great (laughs) i felt that too like i said when i jumped from fifth to teaching stem because i went from like Mm. having my homeroom classroom to having all grades and i was just like like i grieved that my first couple of years not having those relationships that i did yeah no it it was like it made me sad i was like i almost like regretted taking the job at first because Uh i was like i can't get to know these kids and like really like love on them i'm only just like you know teaching them but i have found i have found the time you you had because like i like you need to like 
the relationship building is yeah. the biggest tool in classroom management. Yeah. You know all the techniques in the book, but if you don't have a relationship, you're not going to get that yeah. kid to respect you. Yeah. And that's like really important. And like one of my kids, I mean, uh, he was on like a 45 day suspension and mm. like he barely shows up now. And he always like goes out into the hall, wants to do anything else that he can. But I wrote him a note yesterday wrote him a note yesterday right just to be like i love that you simply show up to my class mm. and i really appreciate that from you and at the end of the hour he said bye to me for the first time Ugh. and he put his chair back where he had got it from at another table that's a victory and i was like oh my goodness wow <laughs> like, i was like whoa that's crazy. it's working like, it's like, working it's crazy just like that little like a sticky yes. note just i appreciate that you show up that's and that's really like letting a kid know that you appreciate yes. them oh my gosh yes. I, like you know how you have like trigger words and like phrases things that you do you know like for mm -hmm. procedures one of my procedures is that the kids don't pack up until i say to them i appreciate the time you spent with me today and when oh, i say that they know it's good that's to pack the up. cue that's it yeah that's it <sighs> so like um the first time a kid told me he goes i appreciate the time you spent with us today with <laughs> sometimes or sometimes whenever it's close to time they're like do you appreciate our time and i'm like i really do i really do and like it's it can be difficult some days it can be difficult to say that but like being able to say that to them i feel like that means a lot to them yeah. and it means a lot to me <laughs> and my uh, like mental health because even if it's like i was a hard class or you know yes. we didn't get a lot done or we couldn't focus or something being able to like stop and be like i do appreciate your time because they don't have to be there like, they have to be there. But, but I know. But, like, they don't have to show up. I know. You know, and mentally, they don't have to show up either. That's true. So, like, being appreciative of the time that they do take mm. to be in your classroom, they're like, oh, huh. Like, you know. That's, that's viewing them as human. Like, you're yeah. having a human-to-human -human yeah. interaction there. And, like, acknowledging their choices, you yes. know, and, like, being like, thank you for making the choice to spend time with me. And, like, going out of your way to, like, let them know that you do appreciate oh, that. Oh, like, Sarah, I love that. That's... And they love it a lot too, because if I sometimes like if I forget to say it, you know, they're like, "Do you appreciate their time?" <laughs> they yeah. they love to hear me say it. So sometimes they'll, or sometimes I'll forget. I'll be like, "Okay, you guys are good." Like if we're at the uh -huh. bell, you know, they'll start leaving, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I forgot to tell you, I appreciate your time." Oh. <laughs> like, I don't uh. like yell it to them as they're leaving. I the appreciate door. you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's a good but it leaves it it leaves every hour on like a, a on a positive note because yes. i've learned through a lot of th something that i also really love about taoism is about balance okay and lao tzu taught that like you need to appreciate the good and the bad mm -hmm. i don't know if you've ever heard the story of the vinegar tasters tell me i don't know so it's like um i can't remember exactly confucius's viewpoint but it was confucius lao tzu and buddha and they were sitting around a like a bowl of vinegar and confucius tastes the vinegar and he says he says that it tastes bitter okay and he says that you know a lot of things in life stem from bitterness and like um and that stems from like desire and like selfishness and want and so we need to like free ourselves of want and then buddha tastes it and he says it tastes sour because there are a lot of things in life mm -hmm. that can sour it so we need to like clear our minds and like be you know healthy all that good stuff and then uh lao tzu tastes it and he smiles because he appreciates that it tastes like vinegar mm. just that it just is the way it should be and i was like oh i mm. love that you know so like even when we have bad days or even when we have days that aren't as like 
that don't feel as good. You know, that's really important and something that we should appreciate because we can only grow from that. Right. And you can't have good without exactly. bad. Exactly. You what have I was just to have thinking. that balance. So uh, when I first heard that story, I was like, whoa, like that changed mm. my whole mindset. He's like, he just appreciates it for what it is. And that's what I try to do. Like, you know, maybe my students aren't upstanding. Maybe they're not like the most amazing kid in the world. And maybe they're tough. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe they're, (laughs) yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. Or maybe they're hard to work with Mm -hmm. or they're disrespectful, but I need to appreciate Mm -hmm. that they are who they are. And I get to know that person. And there's a reason that they are. Yes. And you know, and a lot of times these kids are like, they're figuring out who they are. Exactly. You know, they're, they're just now getting to figure out, Oh, I don't have to be my parents. You know, they're they're really realizing that for the first time. And so they want to be like their friends. They want to be like the people around them Mm -hmm. or the people that they watch on like a TV, Mm -hmm. their their phones on YouTube. And so they're trying to emulate these personalities and find who they are. So it's really important that we have someone who like, appreciates that you know that oh, they're because yes. you have to go through that journey at some point we all did yeah, yeah we all went through that yeah and in different ways sure and some people go through it a lot more like they go those ups and downs mm-hmm. really hard my stepsister was like that she hit ups and downs really hard but mm-hmm. like now i see her now and i'm like i'm so happy that you are the woman yeah. you are today mm-hmm. and she went through a lot yeah. you know she went through a lot did a lot of things that she regrets but like she is who she is now because of it mm-hmm. and i love that and mm-hmm. I love who she is. Yes. So. Well, and they're going to be undergoing life changes and other changes in their life for the rest of their life. Like Mm -hmm. I'm 38 years old right now. And I feel like over the past, you know, couple years, I have undergone such a metamorphosis and transformation Mm -hmm. just in my mindset and how I think about things and in my mental health journey and all this stuff. And so having, you know, so young when they're in high school, having someone who's appreciating that process. Mm-hmm. I mean, how empowering is that for future growth that yes. they're going to be? It's like, cause you have to be in charge of your own choices. Yeah. Oh, the responsibility of choices. Yeah. Heaven forbid. They, <laughs> they, oh, they love that one. Um, well, cause like, I mean, you can love them, but you need to be firm and like yeah. have boundaries when you love them too. Like, you know, like I had a few students who decided they wanted to leave class early the other day and I told them, no, you cannot because it's, tw- we have 25 minutes of class left and yeah. you're under my supervision. And they were like, Oh, well, can I go to the bathroom? And I was like, you can go to the bathroom. And they didn't come back. So I marked them absent. Uh, yeah. And then the next day, they're like, well, well, well I love this because we have Remind. And two of them reached out to me on Remind. They were like, well, you, you marked us absent? And I was like, yes, because you weren't you here. not go. Yeah. And you missed more than 20 minutes of class, and that's an absence. And so they, um, they didn't really respond after that. But I told them, I was like, I really love that you felt comfortable enough to talk to me mm. about it, though. Because, like, a lot of students wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Two of them didn't. They just didn't care. <laughs> but, like, I did tell them, you know, a lot. Of, one of them was like, well, I don't get credit for this class anymore because I have too many absences. But if you didn't count me absent that one day, and I was like, well, if you didn't leave 20 minutes early, then um, I wouldn't have counted you absent. Boom. Your choices are yeah. yours. That's like my, yes. my only students who don't like my class are kids who uh, would like to blame me for their choices. I, I have one student too who's, hmm. you know, she said that she doesn't like the way I teach. And I was like, oh, because you're always working on other classwork during <laughs> class? That's not my choice. That's yours. Yeah. And I was like, everybody else doesn't seem to have a problem with me. <laughs> like, wow. Um, if, like, I'm not going to force you. Yes. I will not force you. It is your choice to be in this classroom. It is your choice to pay attention or to do something else. I will ask you, hey, will you put your phone away Mm -hmm. or hey will you take notes and if you choose not to do that that is your choice yeah i'm not here to force you to do something Mm -hmm. like that's what we do with like with phones a lot of people in deer creek take phones Mm -hmm. just like and i i like where they're coming from because then it's not punishment it's just like a 
it's just an expectation you mm-hmm. put your phone in the caddy but i'm like your phones are yours i don't want the responsibility in case somebody steals it True. i don't want you guys to try to be deceitful and like put your case in yes your phones are yours we just practice responsible phone usage yeah. and like what that looks like so sometimes when i'm taking notes and i'm waiting and someone's done writing and they check their phone i'm like that's a perfect example of responsible phone usage she's already done what she needs oh, to do wow. she's already written it down now she's taking her free time to check her phone okay and i have a problem with that because then she puts it away when i go on the yes. next slide so i'll like point it out to other students and like that's that's wow. responsible phone usage and so how do both. kids respond to that like do they for the most part well for the most part so kids when i first say that i'll say like you know marissa's painting like a perfect example of responsible phone usage she'll like freeze a little bit and i'm like no 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 you're absolutely fine yeah that's fine that's what i want to see this is an example yeah (laughs) and so you know kids will notice like they they notice that but sometimes if i have a kid who's like reading on their phone or doing something while we're taking notes i'm like i'm seeing some irresponsible phone usage (laughs) i would just like to remind you that responsible phone usage looks like this you know and like i don't you know i don't i try not to call them out yeah because i absolutely have to (laughs) yes but just to be like well i'm seeing this you know Mm. just remind you what our expectation is and what that looks like because they need that they needed that explicit yeah. like you know what should i be doing right now because yeah. if you leave it up to interpretation then, they will oh yeah run with it so, <laughs> Absolutely. So, like, um but that's yeah. great that's so good so you're in your second year of teaching mm-hmm. You are a young teacher, and I mean that with no disrespect. That's just the reality (laughs) of it. I don't mean that in like a belittling way. And anyway, I say it because you're getting it. Like, I feel like you're (laughs) getting the things that I didn't get for so long. The conversation was so different when I was a teacher, (laughs) like, you know, in my beginning years of being a teacher, the conversation was so very different and we weren't hearing things about setting boundaries and, Mm. you know, protecting yourself and valuing yourself and all this stuff. And so that's why I wasn't because no one else was. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm just grateful. You are so encouraging to me. Oh, another thing that Sarah Mm. did when we were texting, trying to Mm. like schedule this interview one night, she had texted a response and she was like, now, just so you know, no pressure to respond here. (laughs) Like I totally, I honor your time or what? I don't remember exactly what you said. I respect your time outside of a conversation. Yes. (laughs) Texting conversation. And that was just like, Oh man, I did not (laughs) have that. I did not have that in my second year of teaching. Like I thought my responsibility was to respond as quickly as I could to everyone. (laughs) And then, Oh, it was just, Oh, it was just torturous. So I'm just so grateful. Like you're getting it. I hope that this new generation of teachers is learning and hearing the conversations that we didn't have. Yeah. Uh, so I will say, um, Dr. Scott at UCO, mm-hmm. she was one of the first people who kind of showed me that because really? at the bottom of her email says, you know, these are my working office hours. So do not feel obligated to respond mm. outside of that. If these are not your working hours. And I was like, huh, how and, respectful. Yeah. And so, you know, she just has that as like her, um, you know, like you, her closing, like, like a at signature. The end. Yeah. 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 So yeah. it's on every email she sends out, you know, it's just to let you know that like, you don't need to respond to it right then. So the wow. first time I saw that, I was like, that's really good. And then I'll say, um, Dr. Perez, he is our superintendent at Deer mm-hmm. Creek. And when I first, like at the first of the year with the syllabus, I put my phone number in there, you know, I was like, so you sign up for a run, I put my phone number on there. And he was like, don't, Give parents your phone number. I would have done that too. And he's like, don't do that. And he's like, they do not, there is nothing that is that important that they need to contact you. And if they really do, they can contact the school office. Yeah. They can get it to you or they can send you an email. Do not give them your number. And I was like, oh, 
And he would tell us, he was like, don't also, he goes, don't respond to emails outside your working hours. He's like, if yeah. you really want to, you can leave it on your phone. I do the same thing. I'll like look through them, yeah. you know, but don't respond. And he was like, you can do a delayed response. This is That's how you do good. it. You and know? this is how you do it. <laughs> this is how you put on a delayed response so that we will send it first thing in the morning for you. You know, you can write it right then, but it'll send it in the morning for you. That's liberating. Yes. And so when I, he was talking about those things, I was like, oh, you actually care? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so like, I love Deer Creek because of that, because like, because our superintendent does care. He comes into the schools. He wants to be on site at every school year this is the second year of deer creek being okay and i met him whenever i was first subbing there was like a third grade plc and he asked me if i had any opinions and i was like i'm not even like wow <laughs> you know? but he uh he loves third grade that's where he used Aww. to that was like his first teaching uh position so but he wants to be in all of the schools and he wants to work all the positions he came to the high school recently and came for two days because our campus is like really big now yeah, okay we have like three or four different buildings and it is oh wow <laughs> it's like a lot yeah so he wanted he was like i want to do bus duty morning and night or not night but like morning afternoon and then he said he was like i want to do the lunch duty also you know i want to i want to do these things to Uh. see what what teachers are doing and what they're doing and so he stayed two days to like do that to really experience like what the teachers are going through and that was awesome i was like you're so cool truly and that's rare yeah for him to be so empathetic you know he was like i want to experience what you guys are experiencing i want to know what's going on what do our schools actually look like when i make my decisions what's his name uh dr jason perez nice cool way to go dr perez (laughs) well we're kind of ending or wrapping up you know ending the Mm -hmm. we've gone long enough (laughs) (laughs) but i do want to ask you a couple more questions What do you hope your students remember of you when they think back of you? To you? Mm, I hope they remember that they felt safe. Mm. You know, I, I mean, really, I hope that they remember that they felt like they could be who they are mm-hmm. and that that was respected and that was cherished because mm. it's so important for people to feel loved mm-hmm. and to feel cared about. I mean, you can not like someone, but you can still love them. <laughs> you can yeah. still care about them. And like, that's a journey I've been going on recently with like one of my parents mm-hmm. where, um, I was like, well, I don't want them to think that I like them, but I feel if I feel really in my heart that all people should feel loved, then I yeah. need to, I need to do this. You know, I need to like mm. reach out. I need mm-hmm. to give a gift. I need to try. And like, it's, changed the dynamic of our relationship as of now it's only been like a month but like, still but like for you know it's weird because this is the first time he's ever acknowledged me as an adult because mm. before that wasn't like a thing yeah and he still treat me like a child so it's really weird having yeah. that getting that back in return i'm like huh <laughs> you know, it's odd. but it, it changes it changes a lot so i hope my students remember feeling loved you know oh, that's and wonderful like, feeling like they could be who they are you know mm-hmm. so that's uh, really it. <laughs> that's that's actually my answer also. Like truly. That <laughs> yeah. is that was my whole everything is I want them to know that they have a teacher who's crazy about them and loves them who they are right now at this moment. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Even if they feel like they're they're falling apart. Yes. Or even if they feel like they're at their worst and they look back and they know that they were at their worst in that moment, that they were still loved. Yes. Even like that. Because that's uh. so important. Because like you're not ever gonna be perfect. Mm-mm. no you know it's not ever gonna be like you're not ever gonna well you could be but for the most part you're not, not ever gonna be the best version of yourself oh yeah yeah you'll always be growing you will always be learning stuff so absolutely like, you need to know that you can be loved when you're broken 
Yes. So like that's that's what I want my students to remember. Oh, I love that because I love love. Yes, <laughs> like, it's it so, comes back to love. Yeah, it, it really does because like I always said like you know if I could do one thing in the world like and I was guaranteed not to fail I would make every person know that someone out there loves them, someone out there yes. cares about them. So like that's what I hope my students really like that they feel that way yeah. you know that they remember that and they feel that way that's so. right keep writing those notes <laughs> yeah i had i need to finish them <laughs> yeah yeah i had a kid who's in my second class and she is um, probably 23 24 now and she has a baby of her own oh. and she just reached out to me on facebook the other day and showed me a picture of a note that i wrote her in <gasps> second grade and oh she was like goodness. look at what i just came across and so it means something yeah Th those sweet encouraging notes telling that you them that you appreciate them and you see them yeah absolutely. oh keep doing it it's yeah it's very one of my students posted on her snap story about it she said i love miss hd oh. one of my students my sixth hour like haven loves you I said, oh. back at you and she sent me an email later she was like i've been going through some things for okay. the past few weeks and like she said, um, like, you know, it's been difficult for her to show up. And because I noticed, I noticed she was being extra sassy towards me and mm. very much like, I don't want to do things. There was something. And, and you have to know, like you, as a teacher, I feel like sometimes we take things personally and we have mm -hmm. to know that when a kid is angry There's with you or a kid is giving you sass, there is something behind mm -hmm. that. And you have to say like, what is making you so upset? Yeah. Because like anger is a secondary emotion. And I feel like sometimes we forget that we're like, oh, they're just acting out. No, kids will do well if they are allowed to be. Yeah. If they can they will try that's what joe talked about yeah. at our conference exactly yes. I, I firmly believe that like kids want to do well they yes. want to succeed they want to be good you know yes. but they just there's things going on in their life that warps that mm -hmm. there are things that inhibit that from them so we have to understand that like hey if a kid's lashing out you know a kid mm -hmm. tells you to f off or something like that it's not you yes or maybe it is but it's not because <laughs> it's not because of you that they're doing those things it's because of everything else going yeah. on in their life and it's so easy to forget that our kids go through things too i have yeah. three students whose parents died this summer holy and it's cow. like like either one or both of them and i'm like oh my god because like Man. i still have all four of my yeah. parents you know so for me i can't imagine i've no. never been through something like that so for when a kid to tell me you know like oh my mom died this summer i'm like oh my god and like, dealing with that as a teenager yeah like goodness. when there's everything else and you got yes. this peer pressure on you and so like mm -hmm. wow like yeah. and i'm expecting you to show up to biology class and remember the yeah. meaning of things like enzymes and how they work inside yeah. the function of your body you know i'm like so we uh, i started i drew out a brain for them because something we did when i was in second grade was talking about executive state uh -huh. and then emotional state and survival state Okay. So, you know, I was like, hey, this is something I used to do with my kids where we check in. So I'm like, if you're in executive state and I explain what that means, you know, you're you're in full control of your body, your emotions, your learning. If you're in emotional state, I'm like, maybe you're going through a breakup or mm -hmm. maybe your friends mm -hmm. are talking about you or maybe things are not okay at home mm -hmm. and you're asking yourself questions like, am I loved? Mm -hmm. So like that's, there's some more important things going on and maybe you're just not here that day. So, you know, then we do this hand motion. Mm -hmm. And then if survival state is like, you know, do I know where I'm sleeping tonight am I gonna have food Jeez. when I go home yeah. and I was like and our, some of our students you know we do have homeless students who go to our school so I'm like like 
we need to acknowledge that, you know, some of them are yeah. not safe. And so I told him, I was like, you know, if you're like having a day when you're in one of these areas, I make them do all the hand motions with me. I'm like, just let me know. You don't have yeah. to say anything. You can just do a hand motion. Like if I'm like, Hey, are you okay? Yeah. You know, or like, Hey, are you paying attention? If you do that, mm. I'm going to know. And I'm not going to expect you to be able to perform at an executive state. If you're not in that, you know, if you're not using that part of your brain right now. And that's fine. You know, mm-hmm. we all have our days. We all mm-hmm. have days where we don't perform well. And I try being honest with my students too, because I had a, I had a teacher, I asked him how he was doing and he was like, Oh, I'm doing as well. You know, what do he say? what do he say? He said, um, well, I'm doing amazing. And I said, you seem really stressed out. <laughs> and he goes, well, I don't really have the choice to be anything else. And oh, I was like, Oh goodness. That's a terrible mindset to have that is. because you're, you're human and they, yeah. they need to see that. They need to see someone model expressing emotion yes. and not only, expressing emotion but managing that emotion yeah so with my kids i'll tell them I'll be like it's been a hard week i'm mm-hmm. not i'm like i'm in my emotional state right now yeah there's some things going on and you know we don't have to get into details but i'll just let them know i'm like sorry if i'm not operating as like as i usually do when i'm in yes. the executive state and you know i'll just be upfront about it and like you know because i'm like hey today might be a bad day yes and i'm sorry it's not you it's just everything else going on mm-hmm. and so for them they're like huh you feel you feel the things that I'm feeling. Yeah, and like you can do that. We're you, allowed to do this. Yeah, you you go through these things. Yeah, you know, like you go through these things that I'm going through. Cause like with my romantic relationship recently, I was like questioning some things and I was mm-hmm. like doubtful. And I was like, today is not a good day. <laughs> and so, sometimes if I sing to them, they know something's weird. <laughs> so I'll just I'll just start out and be like, I'm so sorry in advance. Just I'm, yeah. I'm doing my best today. And for them, that that means a lot mm. because then they're like, you can go through relationship problems because yes. some of them don't think that yeah. I can. You know, they're like, oh, when you're an adult, everything's figured out. No, <laughs> Yes. we're still figuring it out so i'm like it's like i understand you know because then kids sometimes you know if they're going through a relationship maybe they can be like yeah. oh you get it you yes. understand what i'm feeling yes. you know so like exactly. for them modeling that hey people feel these emotions even adults do mm-hmm. and that's okay <laughs> that is good my friend jamie lee who's been on the podcast she teaches ninth grade at bixby ninth grade history oh, nice. And she talks about how she has, you know, her, her mother died last school year. So of course that was just hell for her many days. And so she would be honest with her kids and be like, today's a really crappy day for Mm -hmm. me. It's really crappy. And so maybe like, guys, let's have a mental health break today. Let's <laughs> yeah. do this. Let's. And so modeling that, mm-hmm. I, and I think that is so powerful and so beautiful and wonderful modeling that like you can have these yeah. crappy days. <laughs> yeah. Like that's you're human. Yeah. And there's nothing. And that's, that's a good thing. Yeah. It is a good thing to have that day, you know, yes. to take a moment. Cause sometimes when we, when we try to power through things and we ignore those things, it, mm-hmm. it's hard for our bodies to keep up. So we're talking about the homeostasis. Your body is expending so much energy mm-hmm. keeping up with that because you're not allowing yourself to feel you're mm-hmm. not allowing that emotion to get out so when you finally get low enough to a place where you're like i need to take a day it's just like breathe mm-hmm. to be you know to like relieve stress and your body can get back you know your body can re-energize it can take a break because you're allowing yourself yeah you're allowing yourself that moment to breathe so even in our worst spots that is a very good place to be mm-hmm. because your body needs it you need to be there sometimes so that way you can just <sighs> yeah <laughs> so it's like it's very important. It's very important to have those days. Yeah. So, I mean, with our kids, I mean, like, you know, I don't have installed mental health days, but sometimes, uh, well, 
on that note, you know, sometimes I like, I want to take a day for myself, you mm-hmm. know, if I'm feeling that, but at the same time, I acknowledge, I'm like, well, sometimes they have days like that too. That's true. So I'm like, well, maybe I should just sporadically like put that in there and be like, we're just going to breathe today. We're just going to take a true. few minutes at the start of the hour to just breathe. Together. And if you are having a bad day, one of those days that you are like, you're reminded, like we need to do this. There's going to be other kids who are in the middle of something right there too. So, and yeah. And I think, you know, for me, it's kind of like humbling to remember like, Hey, my kids also have days like this, you know, and like, you know, they have days where they need to just breathe. Mm. So like with my, with my second graders, we used to breathe every day. We, that used to be something that we did. So, so we would talk about, we'd also like walk out our emotions. So ah. to help them identify emotions, I love that a lot. Cause we're like, okay, pretend you're angry, like curl up your fist and like, you know, like, yeah. uh, what is it? Curl up your fist and like stomp really hard and stuff like that. Like walk like you're angry and you know, while walk in place. Uh-huh. So that way they like recognize, you that know, those are, that's, that means that I, oh, if I'm feeling these things and yes. I feel this feeling, you know, I'm doing these physical things. Oh, that means that I'm angry, you know? So they they learn to identify emotion or like Dang. walk like you're happy or you're you know you're relaxed like let your shoulders fall and you know, swing your arms a little bit take light steps you know yeah. stuff, smile you know all those things for them to be like oh hey yeah. that's what that means when i when i'm doing this when wow. i feel this way so mm. i'm i want to start practicing that with my kids they'll hate, yeah they'll hate it at first but it's fine <laughs> it's fine force them to do it they're still kids though so <laughs> they, yeah and they are you know, they really mm-hmm. are. And that's like something I feel like we forget. We have to remember that. We're like, yeah. They're older and everything and they can talk well and they are able to understand, oh, I know what it means to be sad. But sometimes they don't recognize, you know, certain things mean. Well, adults don't. How many adults adults do we know that are not like that? Like, how many adults do I know that don't know how to manage their emotions? Exactly. So, like, yeah. And, of course, a teenager who is experiencing these really big emotions, maybe for the first time, Mm. can, like, you know, they need to understand what that looks like. And they need to understand that, like, there's a way to get myself through this and to feel, Mm -hmm. at least feel okay. Mm. You know? So, oh, that's good. Oh my goodness. I know I said it, but I'm so glad you're a teacher. (laughs) Truly. I am. I do appreciate that. I really do. That's like, I mean, I've wanted to be a teacher for a long time and feeling like (laughs) I am making a difference, feeling like that is, it's really, it's rewarding. Uh, And it's just, it's like, oh yeah, this is what, this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. This is what I'm supposed to do. And I even keep thinking of like, the teachers that you're going to be working with in five years and 10 mm-hmm. years and what, you know, kind of impact you can have on them. I mean, I just, <laughs> ah, I think the world of you, girl. I do. <laughs> I do. You. I do. Okay. So we always close with these last two questions. The first one is just for you. Okay. The last one, I'll answer also. You have a minute to have a quick chat with your former self before you step in to teach on your very first day of school. So not that long ago, but still, I know you've learned so <laughs> yeah. much since that I've day. learned a lot, yeah. So if you had 60 minutes just to say the most important things, what would you say to your former self? Oh, there are so many things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I would probably tell myself, you're going to fail a lot. And that is so important. Mm-hmm. That is so important. You also are going to see and learn a lot. You know, you're going to see other people do things and do things better than you. And mm. that's learn from those things. That's implement good to know. those things. You do not need to do all of this by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, your kids are going to love you. <laughs> if you love those kids, that is yes. more important than anything else. Than anything else. Mm. Um, 
as long as you care, like they know that you care. Mm-hmm. And also set boundaries. Don't be afraid to be mean. Yeah. I know that's so hard for you, but like, <laughs> don't be afraid to be mean. Yeah. Like, and, and mean can just mean like to, to be firm. Exactly. To say no. Well, and you also know yourself and you're not yeah. mean. Yeah. Like, you I'm know, not. you're not going to be mean to your kids. To be so. firm with them though. Yeah. Because like, and oh, yeah, yeah. To be firm with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Learn to say no. That's okay. That's, that's good. good for them. That is, that is so good for them. <laughs> That's hard for teachers, younger teachers, people just entering the career. I mean, that is, that is a very common thing. Absolutely. I remember feeling It is so that. good for them. They thrive off of structure. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to say mm-hmm. no. And because of that, they will respect you more. Yeah. If True. you let them run over you, they will not respect you. True. And you can't have that. <laughs> yeah. You can't have that or you can't manage your classroom. Yeah. So say no. Right on. Learn how to do that. <laughs> That's good. Okay. And then what is one thing that you're consuming that you would want to recommend to our audience? And it does not have to be teacher related or it can be whatever. I'll go ahead and say mine first in case you still need to think about it. Um, I'm going to recommend David Sedaris. Do you know who he is? Mm -mm. He is a comedian, a humorist, a novelist. He, my friends and I, Jamie, who I just talked about, who Mm -hmm. has her ninth grade history class, my friends, Jamie and Valerie and I just on Thursday night went and saw him at the PAC and it was so good. He just read excerpts from some of his essays and novels and stuff. And he's hilarious. He's this older man who is just wonderful and I love his outlook on the world and on life and just how he views everything he finds humor in like every situation and he's hilarious his newest book is called happy go lucky and I just bought it I haven't read it yet but I'm excited for so David Sedaris huge fan oh all right who would you like to recommend or what would you like to recommend uh Wow. <laughs> you know, I think you have teacher related things. Well, do lot, it, you know, do it. Okay, cool. Um, one of the, my favorite things to watch. So conscious discipline is a system by Becky Bailey. Okay. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I don't know this. Oh, okay, cool. I'm going to Conscious discipline by Becky Bailey is one of my favorite things. And it's not something that you just do and then you leave, but like I watched, so she's got free YouTube videos posted mm-hmm. about like, um, modeling how to interact with things. So we, her whole thing is that discipline should not be a fear-based tactic for kids. Discipline should not be punishment. They are Mm. different things and we need to acknowledge that. Mm -hmm. And so we don't change how the students behave, but we change how teachers behave in a school, the way that they respond to things. So a lot of times when I use this, we use this at the first school that I went to and I asked when we went to Deer Creek, I was like, you ever heard of this? And she was like, yes. And we're trying to implement it, but like we haven't gotten Mm -hmm. there yet because it's going to take a lot of training Yeah, because you have to change the teacher mindset before you can change you can reach the kids Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it's about like uh whenever a kid is upset you know someone's upset something's going on and acknowledging like instead of so you can you can try and save them be like oh if a kid comes home angry because like they got a bad grade on test you can be like well i'm gonna call that teacher right now Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna demand that you get a retake or something like that they're saving and that doesn't really help our kids in the long run right there's also getting mad at them (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. you can do stuff like that you can get mad at them and respond with their anger yeah and throw it back at them you can punish them or you can coach them through it and be like, I hear what you're saying. And I know that you're so angry right now because mm-hmm. that is, that's really disappointing. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. 
you know, like, let's take a moment to breathe. <laughs> you know? yeah. Let's take a moment to breathe, come back down. Okay, tell me why you're so upset about this. And then explain to me again the situation that happened. All right, what are our next steps moving forward? What can we do about that? So it's like helping them to manage those emotions, mm. to like bring it back down so they can still be angry. That's okay. Yeah. I see you. I see that you're angry. Acknowledging the way that they're feeling. I see that you're so angry. So that way they know that you're hearing them. Mm-hmm. And then um, helping them calm back down to a place where they're more okay than they were before yeah. and then having them walk through it you know what's going on here and um, this can be used like in the classroom like say we had i had a student two students where one girl wrote another girl a note that said your hair is bad your no. face is bad and nobody likes you no with like a face on it mm. and i was like oh <laughs> yikes that's not that's not very friendly yeah so i like pulled them aside and i'm like okay honey why did you why did you write this note you yeah. know like what were you feeling when you wrote this note to her and she's like well i'm upset because she doesn't want to be my friend anymore you know and mm. she's like and i'm like okay i see that you're really that's that can be really heartbreaking mm-hmm. you know you probably feel really sad about that and then i you know and i'm saying ask the other girl well how did reading this note make you feel and she's like well it just made me feel not good you know and she talks about like the way it made her feel and then i ask her you know like is that the way you want her to feel and she's like no i don't want her to feel that way i'm mm. just like i really just want her to be my friend i'm like okay well let's try what can we do instead wow. you know like oh can we be friends and then the other girl she says i don't want to be your friend because i don't like the way you play and i'm Mm. so i say hey that can be really upsetting so that was one girl but i'm like it's really important that she's being honest with you right now though wow and you need to respect that so like you know like she doesn't want to be your friend you cannot force her to be your friend and that's really sad that is really sad but like you have to respect that that is her decision yeah and like that was hard but then they like they yeah. made up, they hugged it out, they had a little hug out, and then they, yeah. they, you know, they went back into class. No more notes after that. <laughs> but, like just walking him through that, and then that really big rejection. Wow, I yeah. didn't expect her to go. I don't want to be your friend, but I was like, hey, you're so brave for being honest with that. Yeah, you're so brave for that, and that is so important. You need to be honest about that. But like, wow. you then, handled that so well. But like that's what conscious discipline okay. has taught me how to do. That's so, so good. Sorry, yeah, that's the whole yeah conscious yeah. discipline. So like she's got youtube videos but you can also do professional development like courses with it but they're like two three days long you know like it's like it's like a big deal they have like a whole conference about it but it's like just changing the way you speak to students the way you react to them and the way you view discipline discipline is not punishment and should never be used as that so no it's it's like the same well, it's different, I guess, but like the mind frame of like, we're wanting to teach our, like we're wanting our kids to learn, to mm-hmm. know this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, and so how we were presenting, you know, knowledge to them and yes. experiences, <laughs> it's similar to like discipline. I mean, what are we actually wanting? To, are we wanting our kids to just be punished and to just yeah. be in trouble? Or are we wanting them to like learn these skills? Yes. Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah. You know, learn these skills, like learn what they should do. Cause sometimes like they don't know how they should be acting. Yeah. So they have to learn it. That's you know, so right. You get to the why why are you acting this way what's going on so then you can talk to them about that and then you can talk to them okay well what's something that we could do instead and you can wait they can come up yes. with it or you can tell them you can help them out if they can't figure it out you can be like oh 
like this is something that maybe I would do instead or, mm-hmm. you know, something something that you could try doing instead. Well, wh- which one of those options would you like to try? And then you oh, can redo good. the scenario with them. What can we try this time? Oh, my gosh. I would have loved this. <laughs> this is so it's good. It's important because, like, you know, like a kid's, you know, like I have a kid who gets, he's got anger issues, mm-hmm. you know, and so sometimes he'll just, like, throw a chair. Hey, okay, let's talk about wow, that. Wow, yeah. Why did you do that? Okay, why should you not do that? How do you think that made the other people in the room feel? Yeah scared yeah 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 what can we do next time instead if you're feeling you feel angry like this you feel like you need to throw something what can you do next time instead Mm. well maybe i could just go outside and Mm. i can walk it off i think that's a great idea yeah (laughs) oh i think that's wonderful yeah go leave the classroom if you need to go out into the hall and i told them i was like anytime you need to Mm. leave this classroom please yeah just go and (laughs) not at no point did you say like stop getting mad or stop getting angry because like you said already like these are human emotions these are like i could never tell a kid don't do that like don't be mad like no yeah let's (laughs) talk about why you're feeling this. yeah that's good as me like being someone who's diagnosed with depression Mm -hmm. you know i was i was asked a lot you know like well, why do you feel that way? And it's like, it's like, yeah, I get, I get the, why do you feel that way? Cause sometimes for me, I didn't, there was no why, but yeah. like a lot of times, you know, like my mom coming from a good place, she would say things like, well, you never smile anymore. And I just mm. feel like I'm failing you as a parent. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And like, you're making this about you it's and not, it's not, it's, yeah. it's not about you. It's about me. And I don't, I don't know, yeah. you know, and I don't have answers for you. And just have it and providing a place where a kid can be and have those emotions like yeah i'm like i'm sorry i can't smile for you mom like i don't know what's happening to me you know (laughs) i don't know what's happening in my own head because like i was like 15 the first time she was like mad at me for having depression for having an episode she was mad at me because she was like i don't know what i'm doing wrong and i'm like i don't know what i'm doing wrong either either. and i'm so sorry that i can't make you happy but like i can't and so for me as a kid that was really hard for me to like because i'm i like helping people i Mm -hmm. like making people feel good so watching that happen with people I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, like I felt really bad for feeling the way that I was feeling. And Mm. like, you shouldn't be made to feel bad for feeling emotions. No, that's a a special kind of torture. (laughs) Yeah, it is. And it lives with you for a long time. I mean, it really does. And it breeds bad habits of like, then how you like think of yourself and talk to yourself. And I'm saying Mm -hmm. this because this is all because I've experienced all of this. (laughs) I mean, yeah, (laughs) even now I still struggle with that. If I have a depressive episode, I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry. Like I just cannot like, and I feel bad. I just feel guilty yeah and, and then i hate it and i hate the way that my mind acts sometimes because like my depressive episodes get to the point of executive dysfunction so like you know i just stop working i'll go catatonic straight up like it's yeah. just it's just for me i just i cannot and for me i'm like i get so mad at myself because i'll be thinking fine perfectly fine but i can't move physically and so i'll be like yelling at myself just like why are you like this what is wrong with you what is happening you know there's nothing wrong and i'll just get so angry in my head and i can't do anything you know and like that hate that tearing myself down does not do anything for myself and does not do anything for the people around me no so just accepting that like hey things happen you yeah. have to like let things be like that's so mm. I don't know, that's important like i would never tell a kid like oh well 
don't be so angry about that. Like, sometimes they get mad. No kidding. And they don't even know why. Like, yeah. it just happens. Like, I do too. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't know. You could, sometimes you don't know why. Sometimes it could be accumulation of yeah. a lot of small things. So it's, it's just really important to, like, you know, talk about what you could do instead. Yeah. And then to walk them through that scenario. So Conscious Discipline by Becky Bailey. That's good. That's something every now and again, I'll just go rewatch the YouTube videos. I just want to remind myself. Yeah, for real. (laughs) Well, cool. Well, thank you so much for being so open and vulnerable here and (laughs) clearly open and vulnerable with your students, which I think is such a powerful gift that you're giving to them by letting them see that. Absolutely. And so (laughs) I just, is there anything else that you want to talk about or say that we haven't gotten to address yet? I, I don't. Okay. I feel like we, this has been a really, oh yeah, we could keep going. (laughs) This has been a good episode though. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Like Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm very excited because I I feel like, I I just feel like people should know that it's okay to be who you are as a teacher too. You Mm -hmm. know, it's okay to like, to be vulnerable, to be human. You know, we teach these things to our kids, but like we need to like really practice them ourselves too and this is what we're wanting to do i mean we're wanting to provide a place for teachers to tell their stories to tell their stuff absolutely so thank you yeah thank you yeah (laughs) all right and thank you all for listening please visit our website at relatethenneducate.com and if you'd like us to come to your school awesome we'd love to so go to our website click on our speaking page and see what all we talk about and get in touch with us We are always looking for teachers to get to talk to. And teachers, you have a story worthy of sharing. So reach out to us on our website or email us at relatethenneducate at gmail.com. Also like and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at RelateThenEducate and on Twitter at RelateThenEduc and the number one. And then on whatever you're listening to this podcast, please, please follow us and leave a review. It really helps us grow. And also, if you could share us, that'd be even the best thing. And finally, teachers, you are worthy, you are valuable, and you are loved. Bye.